Dancing in the old bayou Find your favorite fishing pole Find out where's the next honey hole Only on the top rock fishing show Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. I'm Tony Landry, along with Ricky Watkins. Morning, Rick. Good morning, Tony. Anyway, for our weekly fishing and hunting show, and welcome to Kane Radio, FM Bam 107.5 and AM 1240. And as always, the purpose of this show is to keep our listeners updated with the fishing and the hunting in the area, along with Louisiana, and stories around the USA and the world. And, of course, Rick, each Friday, uh, these are the fine people, the reason we're here. Oh, yeah, Tony, we've got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Dole's Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, the Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And if you'd like to give us a call, of course, i uh, got to dial that old area code uh, since yep. we've been here. Uh, anyway, the number is uh, 337-367-1240. You can also listen to us online here at Kane uh, Radio by uh, going to www.kane1240.com, anywhere in the world. And if you have an Alexa, just say Alexa. Play Kane 1240. You can also listen to Kane on any accessible Internet device. We're live here at the studios at 107 West Main Street here in downtown New Iberia, right next to Victor's Cafeteria, which is open and Rick, freshwater, saltwater fishing, what we got? Tony, I hadn't heard too much about uh, saltwater. I don't know about you, but uh, the freshwater, <clears throat> excuse me, with the weather that had been cutting up, we went last weekend and did very well. And uh, like I said, on the saltwater side, I, I don't know the way the, of course, the basin is still low. You know, if you can find any, saltwater's got to be low too, Tony, you know. Yeah, it, it probably is. And uh, But the the difference in the two, uh, you got to find that clear water, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. in salt water. And you got to find, uh, you know, some areas, um, hopefully, where the wind's not blowing too bad. And uh, there, there are people uh, out there, uh, I'm sure, fishing for specks and redfish and uh, and various uh, other, other uh, fish. But we'll yeah. talk a little bit about uh, the redfish right now. Uh, seems right. like there's uh, some stress on the redfish. Uh, yeah right now so uh i know a couple of guys tony that you know older guys that that, that fish uh, a little bit of redfish but mostly specks but like you said they kind of keep that close to the vest so they don't you know yeah they don't tell me too much that's right that's <laughs> right you know and i think there's still a moratorium on flounder too so uh i think so uh yeah. if not uh that's something i gotta check but uh, i know that it went into effect uh where they're trying to take the stress off the uh, flounder yeah. right now, too. So, now, Tony, I came into the landing the other day. I said the other day, last Sunday, at uh, at Sherrington, and they had a couple of uh, younger guys there. And we started talking, and um, they had been sh- killing a, a few deer along uh, the basin. Uh-huh. And uh, he said he had got a 10-point Saturday. That's, that's, oh, wow. that's a nice deer. Yeah, it is. And I know my son had killed an 8-pointer a couple of weeks ago, and then Bo made a trip to Kansas and killed a, a, a big deer up there. I say a big deer, you know, 250, 260, that's, that's, a av- big, that's, well, a big, that's, a, that's an average deer for up there, Tony, yeah. But, but they don't yeah. have to run through the marsh like the poor yeah, deer here. Yeah, but I mean, man, I thought he shot a horse, man. That thing was so big. <laughs> but anyway. You have a yeah. saddle? <laughs> yeah, he was, he, he was huge. But, uh, yeah, we went, Tony, uh, Sunday, and ha- caught a limit. Caught a, I sent you a picture, caught a couple of nice fish. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm going to try to go back this Sunday. I heard Jeff was saying it earlier, you know, we may get some showers coming through and kind of wait and see what the weather does. But right. the basin is still it's still been low, y'all. So just go, you know, I know a lot of people's turn to hunt now. and But still, you know, running boats, a lot of airboats and stuff, it's not as bad as long as you don't get in a lot of wind with an airboat. But sure. for shallow water, it's hard to beat, Tony. But, you know, with our board, just be careful because uh, – 
the water is still is still low and uh, it's you know a lot of a lot of obstruction now that you don't normally see you know because when, when the water's higher but that's the Chaffalai Basin for you, you know. Oh, you're it, right. It goes yeah. up and down, and you know you gotta just kind of, you know, know your surroundings and know where you're going, you know, and try to stay out of trouble. Yeah, and the most important thing too. Hopefully, we'll start to see some of the river come back up too, because uh, I mean, at one time, I mean, it was uh, yeah. at levels uh, they hadn't seen in over a hundred yeah. years. You're so. right. In the story but it levels, happens, yeah. you know. It happens with uh, drought and dryness and things of that right. nature. So, uh, and uh, last week, I think I read off a report where up in the Somewhere up in the uh, upper north in the Midwest. Supposed to uh, start getting a lot of rain. Yeah, that's no, what I heard too. Yeah, times. rain. Not yeah. only that, the water was starting to flow again pretty freely. Yeah. So uh, up uh, along uh, Pittsburgh area down to the Ohio with the Monongahela and the right. uh, uh, what's the other river uh, up in that uh, area of Dalaquipa. So uh, those are the rivers that uh, feed yeah, into and the, the Cairo, Ohio. Cairo too. Yeah, yep. that's right. So when those start rising, you're right. It takes about a week, maybe you know a little more, ten gallon a day. Yeah. But it, it, the, the Chaffalai Basin will uh, start to come up. Yeah, and you're going to start to see with the mountains out in the Rockies melt yeah. and uh, down through the Missouri and those rivers. Uh, uh, anyway, so. Uh, in the meantime, uh, uh, looking at the river stage at Butte La Rose, it looks like it's starting t- trending to go up a little bit, too, uh, Rick, yeah, uh, in about that. a week or so. Yeah. Uh, but as of this morning, uh, December the 2nd, it's sitting at, right at about uh, a little over four feet, a little less than four and a half, yeah. but a little above four, and uh, that will come into play. But like you mentioned just moments ago, I mean, the river, man, you got to be uh, careful in the basin, uh Especially, you know, people don't realize all the trees, too, yeah. and the stubs and the roots and all that that are down there that yeah. uh, can really damage a boat. Yeah, I spoke to a, a gentleman had a, he's, well, had, he's still got his camp in the, in the basin. And he told me, he said, Mr. Rick, is the first time in 20 years I had to be pulled in. Really? And I told him when he went through that, I said, look, the water's, oh, I can make it. You know, I've been going through that. I said, yeah, but the water's came down a lot. Sure enough, he got stuck, so he had to call his uh, brother-in-law with an airboat to come pull him out. Yeah, and how about a lot of those lower yeah. units, man? They could hit those tree stumps. And yeah, trees it's not and, good. Uh, yeah. you, man, it's expensive, you know, too, Tony. Oh, yeah. you, took the, you took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, You're right not, about not that. Not cheap. Yeah. Very expensive. But, Rick, tell me, uh, in the meantime, with uh, you fishing, like, what, what's been working for you in the last few weeks you're able to go out? Tony, I've been fishing a lot of laydowns this time of year, fish, uh with these cold fronts coming through, they're going to hug tighter to wood. You know, it's still holding a little heat, and they want to get close to that heat source as they can. And I've been throwing a, a – it's a two- to four-diver. It's a little crankbait. That it mimics a, a shad. Right now they're feeding on shad. All right. And that, that's what's been working well for me. Now, I may have to fish a while. It's a certain setup that you're looking for, a, a certain type of, uh, you know, tree that, that runs in the water. And that's what's been working the best for me. You know, like I said, it's a little white crankbait. It mimics the shad, and it dives two to four feet, you know. And you, and you can't burn it, what we call burning a bait right now. you got to just throw it out there and, and reel it in real slow. Because with these cold fronts, they are uh, cold-natured. And, uh, you know, as, as the temperature falls, so so does their they, – they don't move as fast. You yeah, know? that's that was my next question. Their metabolism slows way down. Yeah, not yeah. only slows it way down, but they, they don't get as aggressive, too, with nope. uh, things in into their territory. They sure don't, Tony. And, you know, this time of year, Tony, I believe in the, in the almanac also, the, the feeding period plays in a, a role in, in a lot of it. It's uh, less light, less feeding time. The temperature's not as warm, so they don't they don't feed as much. So, you know, the window this time of year really closes on you know on a say like it's not like fishing in the summertime. Sure, sure, and of course uh, with the cooler weather, 
uh, brings about uh, they just they're not stagnant, but they just no, they get lethargic, and uh, you know right. their their metabolism. You know the water's cooler, and uh, that that's that's what their body runs off of the water temp. And uh, like you said, they're not as aggressive because like in the summertime, if you pass a bait by them and you're burning, you stop it, they'll they'll blister out to go get it. But right now, it's you know. The fish should come after it, but if you're running your bait too fast, well, he, he can't catch up to it, so he sure. just loses interest in it. You know? Yeah. So oh, you got, you got, you got to slow way down yeah. this time of year. Anyway, uh, something that came out recently, too, is the red drum assessment shows numbers are down. So management, uh, anyway, the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, uh, the, stock, uh, the state stock assessment of the red drum in Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries uh, commissioned this that shows that while the spawning stock is still above limits, it's being depleted at a rate that requires management management changes. So right. uh, anyway, monitors two portions of the red drum. Of course, the red drum basically is our red uh, redfish. So uh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, a juvenile stock is up uh, at age five and uh, generally under twenty-seven inches in length, and that resides in the inshore waters. And the adult spawning population is greater than age five. It's uh, near shore coastal waters. The red drum is unique in that it's a vast majority, almost uh, 97% of the harvest is on the juvenile stock when it's between 16 and 27 inches in length or about one and a half to four years old. Given this type of harvest strategy, the amount of red drum that moves through the fishery and into the offshore spawning population is critical to the future of the stock, they say. The juvenile portion of the red drum stock uh, is measured through an escapement uh, rate. Escapement is a percentage of red drum that pass through the recreational fishery. There is no commercial fishery allowed for the red drum in Louisiana. From inshore waters as juveniles make it to the spawning off- stock offshore, the established uh, escapement rate for the management is 30%. Louisiana escapement rate is currently at 20%, indicating uh, too few red drum are surviving to make it offshore and eventually spawn. Okay. So uh, basically, here we go. The spawning stock of the red drum is measured with a, they call it the SPR, which is spawning potential ratio. Simply put, the number of red drum available to spawn relative to the population if they were not fished, while the current red drum uh, is above the limit of 20%, has been declining since 2005, as fewer and fewer a red drum escape to the offshore population since red drum are the long-lived uh, species. 39 years in Louisiana, recovery times will be long, even if the escapement rates uh Rebound quickly as there is a lag between the juvenile fish leaving the estuary between the ages of four and five and those fish living out of their lifespan up to 39 years. I didn't realize a redfish okay. lived to be almost either, 40 years old. That, no. you know, fish like, last a long time. Yeah, yeah. just like, uh, you know, I, I was ignorant to the fact that a deer life life uh, span is about seven years. Uh, so I was going to say six or seven years, yeah. That, that's about it. So anyway, the escapement rate, so... Uh, uh, folks, uh, be on the lookout. You know, they start and put out these, publish these uh, remarks and press releases about red drum uh, or the red fish, I should say. So yeah. uh, 35 years ago in 1988, the red drum was designated as a game fish, ending the commercial harvest of red drum in Louisiana. Yes, also in 1988, the current, the current rec- recreational red drum creel limit of five fish with only one over 27 inches was initiated. And in the near future, folks, here we go. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries will collect public input through the email and online surveys of potential management measures to provide those results to the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission for consideration for future regulatory changes. So uh, 
uh, I think, uh, Rick, that um, they're going to start uh, keeping an eye on that. And it's yeah, coming. And, and, and it looks like they should, Tony. <clears throat> of course, the drum, you know, uh, I think it's a five limit, and they have a certain size. You can keep one over a certain size. Right. Which is good. That's that's a good limit on redfish. It is, and uh, good eating fish. A lot of yeah. people like that fish uh, right. uh, to eat and uh, uh, put it in cuvillon or whatever the case may be with them. Uh, uh, yeah, they're good grill to also. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They're very good grill. Anyway, uh, so we'll keep an eye on that and see where uh, it's going and what the Louisiana Wildlife and Fisheries Commission is going to do. If they're gonna, and that's not something that's going to happen overnight. When I say overnight, I, I don't see that happening this summer or possibly even yeah, next summer. No, but uh, Two or three years. Yeah, it takes them to grab the, 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 the data that they have available to them to make decisions. And uh, uh, we should see something probably in the next two or three years uh, in that regard. Elsewhere, the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries is set to sell commercial fishing licenses at the Lafayette office next week. So uh, you people that uh, uh, the licensing staff will offer commercial license uh, sales at the Lafayette office Wednesday, December 7th and Thursday, December 8th from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. The office is located at 200 Dulles Drive. That's D-U-L-L-E-S. And this is the third in a series of uh, four remote license sales uh, that the department's hosting in an effort to assist commercial fishermen and business owners who are obtaining uh, their commercial licenses. And uh, anyway, also during these remote license sales, uh, the department will offer new or renewal uh, commercial fishing licenses and boat registration transaction. In addition, uh, trip ticket staff will also be present to train new or existing seafood dealers on uh, the process of filling out trip tickets to answer questions regarding trip tickets and to take trip ticket orders. Note the trip tickets will not be distributed on the site, but acceptable forms of payment for your license, your commercial fishing license, will include personal checks, cashier's checks, money orders, and cash. And to avoid processing delays, customers purchasing licenses are asked to bring their license renewal notices with them. So uh, first-time applicants can apply by mail or in person. And when applying in person, you must provide the following. Residential applicants must provide proof of residency, such as a Louisiana driver's license, continuously held for 12 months, a voter's registration, vehicle registration, state income tax. Non-residents applicants must provide proof of residency from their domiciliary state, such as a driver's license, voter's registration, uh, vehicle registration, state income tax, and uh, applicants applying for a license in the business name must provide documentation showing proof of a valid uh, federal tax ID assigned to the business name and proof of authorization signature and or occupational license will be required. So, folks, All right. uh, just get out there. If you some of you fishermen uh, commercially do, uh, you need to uh, go December 7th, December 8th. And also, a reminder, too, you know, when you buy a new fishing license or hunting license, that is from that day till the following year. Uh, we talked about, so the old June mm -hmm. 30th date has been uh, quelled. So right. people want to renew your license. Uh, and if you forgot to renew it come July 1st, and you go in to get a new one today, it's going to be next year at this time will it be due. It's going to be basically a one-year license at a time. So uh, remember that. Yep. Those June 30th date of the license expiring is over with. And whenever you purchase it, that's the date it starts, and it will expire uh, one year from that day. Yes, sir. Elsewhere, Rick, uh, I saw this before we go to a break, and uh, 
Anyway, 10 amazing places to go fishing in Louisiana, and uh, I'm sure you've hit a bunch of them. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the first one's Henderson Lake they talk about near Brobridge and St. Martin Parish, and uh, and you know as well as I do, it, it's a great lake to fish in. It's yeah. right there when you're crossing I-10. A lot of scenery, Tony. Boy, you're not kidding. It's yeah. pretty, too. A lot of scenery. Yeah, especially in the spring and the fall when the temperature's not too cold or too hot where you can yeah. sit and enjoy you know, uh, it did suffer some damage with Hurricane Rita, but uh, it's still a large home to bass and other fish, so uh, just a great area. Caddo Lake up around Shreveport, and I'm sure in Caddo Parish, uh, mm-hmm. it's 20, I didn't realize it was that big, 26,000 acres, almost yeah. 27,000. It's right there on the Texas-Louisiana line. If you're ever on I-20 heading into Texas, you'll see it, and uh, it's one of the most pr- uh, beautiful lakes in the country, too. Uh, and it's uh, not ideal for water skiers and boaters, no. but uh, because you got a lot of trees up in there and that's the, right. with yep. the cypress roots. A lot of cypress, yeah. That's right. The Chafalaya Basin, enough said, Rick. Yep. I mean, you're in there almost all the time. Oh, so, man, I love uh, the basin. Tom. Yeah. Then, of course, when you head over the bridge in Lake Charles, Calcasieu Lake is down there. Uh, yeah. It's a 52,000-acre lake. And, uh, boy, a lot of, you know, in Speckle Trout journey up that lake, uh, yes. up into that lake from the Calcasieu River that empties uh, into Cameron Parish. That's so, right. uh, yeah. a nice area about Lake Darborn up there in Union Parish, which is a little bit north of Farmerville, a 15,000-acre lake. And, uh a lot of flooded uh, swamp trees and swamp and fishing and duck hunting and uh, a lot going on up there with crappie and brim and catfish. Uh, another nice lake. And, of course, I think the king daddy of them all is Toledo Bend. Yeah, Toledo Bend was number one for, I want to say, like five straight years back in the day. That's right. I said, That's well, right. not back in the day, but like ten years ago, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Toledo Bend is, is awesome. And Toledo Bend is what, a little over 50 years old when they, they dammed it sometime in the late 50s. And then yeah. uh, the engineers knew where the water levels right. would hit. It's going on 60 years. Hard yeah. to believe. Yep. Yeah, you're right about that. Yep. Anyway, Lake Pontchartrain. A lot of people don't realize Lake Pontchartrain, certain areas of the lake, yeah. uh, excellent fishing. You know, with uh, of course, it's huge now. It is. With Lake Bourne and the Wrigley, Chef Mantour, Lake Maripaw, and all yeah. up in there, Manchac, those areas. They have abundant fishing available, and yet a lot of people end up fishing up around the causeway, too. I was fixing to say that, yeah. You know, uh, just where the specks uh, get in the shade and things of that nature. So, uh, yeah. anyway, of course, in Grand Isle, what more can you say? The last of the barrier islands here in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, it's just great fishing. Of course, they're still recovering from that storm of a year ago, so ago, and uh Anyway, but uh, great fishing and best place to catch speckled trout, I think, in the country if you want yeah. fish. Then the Red River up there, uh, uh, it's uh, through Shreveport and Alexandria. It starts up somewhere up in that area, yeah. and it flows. So no, uh, it came on the last few years, Tony. Is yeah, it, and it's it held a, a best a master good, classic yeah. about 10 or 12 years ago. A good fishery, yeah. That's right. Anyway, and then number 10 is the Lorto Saline Complex, which is uh, east of Alexandria. That includes natural lakes, rivers, and flows in uh just another nice area, but you, like I know, if you want to go fishing in Louisiana, you don't have to go far. No, I, I still I love the basin, Tony. I fished a lot of these lakes and rivers and uh, and bayous, but uh, I still, you know, my heart is uh, I love the Chafalaya Basin, man. It's, it's a lot of scenery. You can diff, you can fish so many different spots. You can put down at different spots. Even if the water's low, you can always find a place to fish. You know? Boy, you can, you're right yeah. about that. Too. Right now, I've been putting down out of Miette Point, and then when I want to stay in uh, Sherrington, I just put down and I stay in Sherrington Lake, which is uh, is good fishing also. You know, the water's not as deep in Sherrington, but, you know, when it gets too low, and I have seen it twice this year, 
where I'd put down a Sheraton and the water was so low, I'd put the boat right back on the trailer and I'd have to go to Miette Point because the water was so low. Oh, wow. But the bait, well, you always got somewhere to fish, though, Tony. Sure. You know? Yeah. Anyway, Rick, you know as well as I do with the water a little above four foot right now at uh, Butler Rose. I guess an ideal area would be about uh, six feet, seven feet. Yeah, ideal, ideal. yeah ideal levels, uh, I like six and a half to eight. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our first break here on uh, Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. We'll be back with a little waterfowl information and some other deer information for our listeners. Anyway, uh, we'll be right back right after this. Locally owned and operated, Alamo Hydraulic serves the oil business on the national scene. Specializing in welding, grinding, and hard chrome plating, Alamo also does fabrication work on cylinders, valves, pumps, and motors of all brands. Located at 2712 West Admiral Doyle Drive, you can call Chris Williamson at 303-3799. That's Alamo Hydraulics, a proud sponsor of the Cane Fishing and Hunting Show. Everyone loves pizza, and everyone loves a home run. Put them together, and you have home run pizza. And yes, right here in New Iberia, located at 3816 East Old Spanish Trail, it's New Iberia's newest takeout pizza, and delivery is available. Dough is made fresh each day, and you get an assortment of toppings. Try the Grand Slam, the Double Play, or Mr. Meaty. They're all home runs at Home Run Pizza, 256-5783. That's 256-5783. We have a new player on the field, and he's ready for kickoff with a delicious ice-cold Coca-Cola. And the kick. Ice giving him a little trouble as a few cubes shake loose. He's probably going to pour it here, and he does. The glass is full. Can he go all the way? He did it! Oh, wow! And just listen to that fizz! That might have been the most refreshing thing that I've ever seen. Coca-Cola. Taste the feeling. A new carrier heating and air conditioning system from Dawes Heating and Cooling can save you money every month. Thanks to the newest line of carrier energy-efficient technology products, you can lower your utility bill. Don't forget to ask about the cool cash savings through your local carrier dealer. Turn to the carrier experts at Dawes Heating and Cooling. Call Dan, you're my AC man today at 337-367-2511. That's 337-367-2511. License number 6286. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music Sunday afternoon. It's 5th edition, 2 to 6, and most Thursdays it's Southern Jack. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer, now just $2. Imports, $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for sports and no bar with more outdoor seating. And don't forget the Quarter Tavern, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. The hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5, AM 1240, and streaming at Kane1240.com. Welcome back to Kane Radio's Fishing and Hunting Show. And uh, we have a little information here for, uh, about uh, the duck hunters here for their right. their uh, pleasure and enjoyment. Uh, right now, early waterfall numbers vary across the state. And you know as well as I do, Rick, I'm not yeah. a big-time uh, uh, duck hunter. Years ago I went, but I uh, haven't been... Uh, in many years, yeah. but uh, you know, duck hunters uh, always optimistic about what they were going to hunt. And, oh yeah, uh, but you know, with a below-average hurricane season, colder than average uh, a little bit uh, throughout the state, the drought conditions being reported. Yeah, and uh, you know. Anyway, uh, the November survey of a little over 800,000 ducks is the lowest number estimated since the inception 
in night back in 1968 survey also showed the uh-huh. lopsided distribution of the limited amount of ducks observed outside of Catahoula Lake, which is 85% of the ducks estimated were seen on the southwest side of the state, leaving uh, southeast Louisiana with its lowest number of ducks ever estimated. Hmm. And I'm wondering if the storm comes into play with that. You know, Uh, uh, I'm not sure in that regard, uh, but the news was good for North Louisiana in its final report. The 17,000 ducks counted in northwest Louisiana was a 467% increase from last year's estimate and 70% above the uh, last five-year average. So uh, the largest count were observed along the Red River between uh, Lock 5 and south of Shreveport with other concentrations in the lower cane unit of the Red River, the Northwest uh, Reserve, and the Toledo Bend along with uh, Black Lake at Campty. But northeast Louisiana also had some good numbers, mostly confined to the traditional areas that had been pumped up with waterfowl for the hunting. Huh. And uh, also a total of 102,000 ducks and 135,000 geese were counted in the core areas that make up uh, northeast Louisiana, representing a change from uh, November of last year of a 200-plus uh, percentage for ducks and 82% for geese. Estimates were, however, lower than the five-year average. This year's mallet estimate is 500% greater than the count last November. 22 weeks ago, I think I, I, I spoke about that last week on the show. I went to the lake, and I went, we called Generet the big lake anyway, uh-huh. uh, the the big lake by Generet, and they had a lot of, lot of, lot of big ducks, a lot of gray ducks, lot of, a lot of mallets that I noticed. Uh, that's the most ducks I've seen in the lake in a while. So I don't know if that's got anything to do, you know, but also with the weather, we, we've had a, a touch, I'd say a touch of, you know, coldness, yeah. winter or whatever. But really, and then look, this weekend is going to warm back up. So that, that's, that's got right. a lot to do with it also. Anyway, uh, a mixed bag on the west side, the coastal area around Pecan Island reported a, a mixed bag. Uh, some guys killed their limits. Others didn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, still didn't get uh, any shooting. It was uh, mixed. Uh, talked to our buddy. He said it was a good mixed bag of birds. We ended up with teal, spoonbill, grays, and a few do- uh, dogrees. And also reported that after the good weather passed, the amount of birds seemed to slow down as well. So yep. we saw it lost uh-huh. a lot less flying the second weekend, he said. So we needed uh, the next cold front to keep the birds around. Anyway, if we get the weather, things look good. So uh, anyway, there were surveys on the 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, 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 of last month and the season opened on the 12th uh so the three to five day difference uh we got the weather so uh additional real cold weather p- we could be helping you know driving those birds down we've always yeah. talked about that oh, here yeah. on this show and it's others. Got a lot to do with it that's right and despite the initial uh low count on parts of the state habitat conditions inside and out of our state uh tend to favor louisiana hunters so mother yeah. nature need to help us out a little bit oh, yeah. some cold and now the wood is uh tony i still see a lot of wood a lot of wood ducks too, oh yeah there's and, a certain uh, area in the basin, like I said, I guess it's got to do with the fly pattern, the fly zone, the fly way or whatever. It's, uh, every time I get around that area, here a lot of wood ducks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, also I want to let people know, you know, that CWD, of course, that's a chronic wasting disease that was found last year up there around Tinsaw Parish up in that area. Man, the state's doing everything they can because, man, you just don't want to see that get involved no. in the herd here mm. in the state of Louisiana, Arkansas, uh, Mississippi, even in East Texas, have seen that, and it's just uh, it, uh, you know it's not contagious to humans, but you know when you see those poor deer like the mad cow disease, yeah. just straggling, losing weight, the emancipation. It's just yeah. uh, it, it's sad to see, and uh, that's something we don't want to see. And uh, of course, the state veterinarian Dr. Jim Lacour established some intensive monitoring programs and control 
to uh, control this and to keep it on an eye uh, to where you deer hunters out there don't want to be uh, put in that position uh, in that regard. So uh, I know all through the state they're doing what they can, and uh, they've got locations. Uh, you need to go to the wildlife fisheries. I'll pull it up, and you see the different locations where you can have maybe a deer inspected, you know, because you might not see the conditions, you know, with the deer yeah. Uh, in that regard, but uh, they may have the disease, mm-hmm. but in the embryonic stages. So that's something else uh, you just want to be sure of. Too, yeah, I know so. that, that big deer that Bowett killed in Kansas, Tony. You had to go through a bunch of different steps to uh, to get it back, to get it back home. Yeah, it's yeah. just something we'd like to see here in the state to oh, control yeah. it. And like I said, we hadn't had any instances until last year up in Tinsall Parish, yeah. uh, up in that area. I think uh, maybe Catahoula and one of the other parishes along the river and. Uh, I don't think it's the deer swimming the Mississippi River. At least I don't think so. Nah. Uh, but there are other ways to get in. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll see. Also, just uh, just some interesting uh, news here before we go to our uh, tides is that, you know, we talked about the flower garden a few months ago. I think it was in September we talked yeah. about it. They were doing some research. The corals were yeah, dying. Yeah, the coral reef, yeah. That's right, and it's a beautiful area below the Texas State-Louisiana line. It's probably about 100 miles offshore. And it's up to see the corals come up, uh, I guess, within 50, 60 feet of the uh, top of the water. Surface, so yeah. the surface. And uh, anyway, it's a moving sight to see and uh, all kind of species out there uh, with regard to turtles and uh, manta rays. And uh, it's just gorgeous to see. And uh, they're trying to figure out uh, how the disease is coming along. Uh, they're even taking some of the coral and bringing it back to Galveston to a center. And the coral continues to grow, but uh, down there, they don't know what's infecting it. They're kind of confused right now, and they even say that that uh, the rescue calls could be used to repopulate the area if it's hit hard by a disease. Some disease calls surprise scientists quickly by recovering once the aquarium tanks. So uh, one of the uh, biologists said that nobody's sure why the corals began to heal at the aquarium. Unclear how the disease arrived at the flower garden hmm. and how it spread. Some officials believe the, the stony coral disease spreads primarily through ballast in water in the cargo ships. Okay. But there are few large vessels that stop in the flower garden. So hmm. they hope the samples they collect uh, reveal the disease identity. They're still confused. They're not sure okay. what to uh, see on yeah, that. Hopefully they get a grip on it. Yeah, that's right. Because if you ever go out there, it, it, yeah, it, seen, it's, it's a journey now. I've you know, It's a two- to three-hour journey yeah. you know, to get out there if your yeah, boat, depending on the speed of your boat. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a good 100 miles uh, offshore. So. Anyway, the Friday, uh, the tides today, uh, Friday the second of December, the sun rose at six forty six. It's going to set at five oh eight. In the high and low tide chart, the first low tide will be at uh, six twenty seven a.m. and the next low tide at five fifty eight p.m. later on today. The first high tide will be at eleven fifty five, and the next high tide at eleven fifty one. Saturday the third, uh, sun's going to rise six forty seven, set at five oh eight. High and low tide chart, uh, the first low tide will be at 6.54 a.m. tomorrow morning, and the next uh, low tide at 7.15. The only high tide of the day will be at 1.34 in the afternoon. That's Saturday the 3rd. On Sunday the 4th, sunrise 6.47, sunset at 5.08. Uh, first high tide will be at 12.03 a.m. The next high tide at 2.49 p.m. That's Sunday. The first low tide Sunday will be at 7.22 a.m. and the next low tide at 8.26 p.m. Sunday evening. The average water temperature in Southwest Pass, Vermilion Bay, 
is 71 degrees, and I'm not so sure. It might be a little cooler. Yeah, I think it's a little cooler morning. than that, Tony. Yeah. You're right, Rick. Anyway, as always, Rick, we wouldn't be here if it wouldn't be for these fine people. Oh, yeah. we got to thank our sponsors, Alamo Hydraulics, Doors Heating and Cooling, Coca-Cola, Quarter Tavern, and Home Run Pizza. And our motto is always, kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal.